Welcome back to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on now in pop culture. I'm your host, Patrick Sheehan, along with my co-host, Dave Martinson. Dave, what's up? I drink and I know things, Pat. You do. Yeah. I was I was going to give you that, that, that shout-out, but if you listen to The Watch, that's how... Chris Ryan shouted out Andy, Andy Greenwald this week, so I didn't want to be just like them. Well, I rebel, so it's okay. <laughs> also, Pat, by the way, sidebar to our weekend discussion this past weekend, do you hear that? The, the sound of your heart? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I have some thoughts on them, and we're going to get to that in the Coachella preview that we're going to have at the end of the pod, but uh, I just wanted to start off by thanking people for another great week. It's always a great week here. Always a great week. We haven't ever had a bad week. Let's keep it that way. Ever. But uh, we had another good week. You blowing up. That's good. Fantastic. And just wanted to say, if you guys enjoy the pod, please share it with friends. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Rate us on iTunes. Give us a review, a rating. Share it on iTunes. Share it on your Facebook, Twitter. Spread the word. Yeah. If you want to hear your iTunes review read on the pod right now, next week or subsequent weeks. But next week, you want to do it next week because it'll right. have more meaning when you're one of the first reviews. So leave us a really good review. Make it funny. Show us your wit. Maybe drop some Game of Thrones references in there because we will also be talking Game of Thrones next week. It is known. But a lot happened this week. It was a really, really, really busy yeah, absolutely. week in pop culture. And we thought we... I, I'm going to throw it to you. New, uh, newscaster Dave, I guess <laughs> I'll call you for the next five minutes, and let you kind of just do a rundown of the news going on in uh, pop culture. Yeah, absolutely, Pat. So a lot of the uh, movie news came out of CinemaCon, which is, by the time you listen to this, will have ended, but uh, was a few days. And also some other news that was unrelated. So Netflix is going up a little bit, so check out that. I think How it's much? Like, I think it's like nine ninety nine minimum now for okay. the HD plan. I think it's a little less for uh, non-HD, which I didn't even know they had as an option nowadays still. Yeah, it used to be, I think, seven ninety nine. Eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine, and then like the really, and then the really premium package right. was and like ten ninety nine. It's funny, like ones. studies were coming out that X amount of people would cancel their Netflix subscription due to price increase because it's not worth that much to them. Well, I think it's like a twenty four dollar increase over the span of a year. It's that, not a big deal. It's well worth it, but if you really can't afford Netflix, then maybe you shouldn't have Netflix in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean another twenty five bucks is not a big deal um, for something that most people use a lot. Right. And, and get a lot out of. And especially because, I mean, every, any other service that you're getting, whether it's HBO Now or Hulu, they're right. all around the same price. Yeah. So if you... Well, I think Netflix is one of the most essential ones out oh, of all absolutely. those. Oh, absolutely. That's a topic for another day, but Netflix go, is going up, so look into that if you care. Final, that hit HBO drama about rock and roll starring <laughs> Bobby Cannavale, who I loved in Ant-Man. Yeah. He, he's, the show's he's been renewed. Actor. It's been renewed a long time ago, and yeah, he is a good actor. But their showrunner left after one season. This happened like last week. That's really troubling. And this is a show that is just like Billions, which has also been renewed on Showtime. This is a show that I would consider going to if it has like another season of success. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Losing your showrunner right off the bat like that is a little troubling to me. The show stinks. I've watched, heard good things and I've heard terrible things. So I, I mean, don't know. I've watched eight episodes. I, I can't watch really that get many. into it. Yeah, I didn't I, know that. They, they've had nine episodes so far. I've watched up until this past episode. But Martin Scorsese. That's the thing is that because he's attached to it, and and it's shot like a Scorsese film in a lot of ways, and it has a lot of the same beats. Right. 
But for uh, such an interesting period that they're covering, I mean, 70s rock, when you have so much going on, it, it seems like it would be really hard to miss, but I feel like, like they've missed a lot. Hmm. And I feel like if we want to go deeper in that, we can definitely do that when we talk more TV. But basically, my, my quick review, show stinks. All right. Well, you heard it from Pat. I don't blame that showrunner for leaving. I mean, he's getting ahead. That's smart. Also news, the Spider-Man film, joint Marvel Studios and Sony, of course, now has a title. It's called Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm. And Spider-Man has to balance fighting crime and getting his homework done on time. As we know, Tom Holland. We'll see him in Civil War. Ninth grade, tenth grade. It's tough, man. He's a he's a kid. It's gonna be tough. So uh, you know what we needed was a younger Peter Parker. Definitely needed that. Yeah, that that'll come. Yeah, I mean that's not something I'm super. I know a lot. That's not something I'm super ready for. I need it now. It's fine. I'll I'll watch it, of course. Right. But other Marvel properties have me more excited, such as Doctor Strange, which we'll talk about that in a little Mm -hmm. bit. Also, Marvel or superhero news: Ben Affleck's solo film, which rumored to be in existence, that his agent said he's only contracted for the two Justice League movies. Well, now we know Ben Affleck directed solo Batman film is officially coming. Right, and that's great because not to belabor the point about Batman for Superman, which if you missed our myriad discussions about that, SoundCloud.com/slash NowStyleToPod. But Ben Affleck's Batman was the best part about Batman vs Superman, and he's already a very proven director with. Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and of course, winning Best Picture at Argo. Right. So I think this combination of these two things is great, and that's a movie I'm very excited for. Yeah, I, I think it'll be good. He he was an interesting Batman. It'll be interesting to see if he goes forward, backwards, same time period, Batman versus Superman. I don't know if they've confirmed that yet. Probably haven't. It's too far down the road right. at this point. But Ben Affleck, I mean... Good director, good actor. It should be interesting. I think there's a lot to develop before we can even really start to have any of course, it's strong just, opinions or thoughts on right, it. Right, right, of course. But just his directing acumen is cause for excitement. The Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover that was revealed via the Sony hack mm-hmm. uh, last year. Now has a name. Now it's that that's official. That's real. That's happening. It's called MIB 23. So 23 Jump Street plus Men in Black. We don't really know anything else about it, but we have the official title from CinemaCon. And as a crossover that I definitely didn't ask for, don't know if I need, (laughs) but it could be good. I don't know. It really is, at the end of the last Jump Street movie, when they were doing all the fake Jump Streets yeah. in the future, this this might have actually been one of those. Good, yeah, so, exactly. who really needed it? Like you said, no one. Will I still go see it and probably laugh very hard? Probably. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking Will Smith, or probably even Tommy Lee Jones, will be no. on the Men in Black side. I mean, shoot, Will Smith wouldn't even come back for Independence Day 2. I know. His character has been killed off like they said that viral marketing that will smith's character is already dead mm-hmm. so you think he's going back to men in black after he he had the mediocre men in black three not no, happening but cherry no. tatum and jonah hill will probably be around and that's that's something it'd be interesting if tommy lee jones like came yeah. back and just kind of like a josh brolin even yeah just in some kind of like senior role where they're just like advising in a couple scenes but right it, it'll be fun to watch other than that, I don't really have much yeah. much thought Jeez, on it so at we'll, the moment. Let's get a premise first. Yeah. <laughs> also, Marvel TV, their Defender series, which is the team-up show from Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, that is filming this year. Hmm. So that's actually closer than I would have anticipated, because we just had Daredevil Season 2 end. Right. We know Jessica Jones has been removed for Season 2. Luke Cage Season 1 is coming in September, and we talked about Iron Fist, the, their 
developing that right now. Right. But that's interesting that that's moving along pretty quickly. Unfortunately, we didn't get Daredevil in Civil War, but that was the thing they talked about. Yeah, I think they actually confirmed he's not going to be in any of the movies moving yeah, forward, the, at least at this point. The divide between Marvel Studios, which is the film side, and then Marvel TV, is uh, there's a lot going on there, so we'll talk about that some other time. Just rounding out the news before we get into the, some things a little deeper, Eric Bowersfield passed away. R.I.P. Mm. This is the gentleman who played and voiced Admiral Akbar in it's Star Wars. And he, he also played him in Force Awakens. That was the same guy. Mm. And he was also Bib Fortuna, who, which is uh, Jabba the Hutt's lieutenant. The, oh. the Twi'lek with the, uh, the thing around yeah, his neck. Yeah, you know, right? that, that, that weird necklace, that yeah. weird body chain. Right. And so, Dave, uh, do you want to do your impression of how he talks? What do you want the funny thing about Viv Fortuna's character in Return of the Jedi when you first see him is that they don't put subtitles for his speaking of, I think it was Hatties or something. And you're not supposed to really know what he's supposed but to be you saying, know just exactly the tone. What he says. But it's just like, yeah, I'm a weird, oh. I'm a weird gatekeeper and also Jabba's boy. <laughs> but yeah, shout out him uh, to very memorable characters R. from R. Star Wars. And I think just one last piece that we mentioned was Drake put out a, well, he made an announcement that Views from the Six, yeah. much anticipated album, Jersey has Drake. a release date. April 29th. That's right. So be looking out for our review of that once it is released on NostalgiaPod at SoundCloud.NostalgiaPod.com. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. There right. we go. Yeah. Woo, we'll, we'll get it right sometime. We'll talk <laughs> plenty about Drake once he actually releases an official single. We talked about Pop Style and One Dance. One Dance. Briefly, but I don't think they'll be on the album. And I don't think Summer 16's on the album. So this album needs to be really good. We'll talk about that more later. Also, one last thing, big, big news. I tweeted about this on uh, Nostalgia's Twitter, which if you're not following, why is that? It's at NostalgiaPod. It's a great follow, of course. Mark Rylance, Academy Award winner, beating Sylvester Stallone, is reuniting with Steven Spielberg for Ready Player One. And this is a movie that you're going to like once you actually see it. It's a adaptation of a very well-known, very well-received dystopian novel called Ready Player One from, I think it was like 2011. It's very new, but it was really, really good. And we have Mark Rylance, Simon Pegg, Ty Sheridan, who's playing Cyclops in X-Men, mm-hmm. and Ben Mendelsohn. Dope cast. I will talk about more in a bit. But that's a movie that I'm getting more excited about the more we find out about it. So a lot of news happened, a lot of stuff to unpack. Some good, some bad. Yeah, and I think the, the news that really has everybody talking this week is that it was the week for trailers. Oh, yeah. There was a new Suicide Squad trailer, new Game of Thrones trailer, Fantastic Beasts, Doctor Strange, Rogue One. I don't even know if there's any more trailers I would want to see than this. Yeah, to be, I mean, to be honest, what, tra- what trailers have, what movies that we know are like basically done have we not seen a trailer for now? We've seen the whole of the summer movies. Mm-hmm. Rogue One's from December. Yep. Like, we've seen it all, I think. Fantastic Beasts is uh, November, I think. There were a lot of really interesting things that came out of them. I mean, yeah. we're going to talk a lot of Game of Thrones next week, so we'll save our thoughts for that. It is known. Suicide Squad, we were talking beforehand, you said the third. this is the third trailer for it. There's some new stuff, but there's not right. a lot there that hasn't really been revealed in some way before. I've gotten higher on Suicide Squad as the trailers have come out, mm-hmm. and this third trailer, it's good, it's fun. That movie comes out in August, uh, now we always gotta see it. Yeah, and speaking of Batman, looks like he's gonna be a little bit more heavily involved. Maybe yeah, he's in the trailer. Harley Quinn based than before. Right. Fantastic Beasts, any thoughts on that? Yeah, our boy Eddie Redmayne, the Hollywood Golden Boy, 
playing this commander. I, the thing about the Fantastic Beast trailer is we got the teaser before, and this is the first, it's still kind of a teaser trailer, it's not super long, but we still really know much about it, like the, the premise. We just know that Newt's commander, who was acknowledged in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. in the books specifically, I'm not sure if they actually said him by name in the movies, but he like wrote a field guide of sorts that was right. a textbook for stu- uh, Wizards of Hogwarts. He's a famous magic zoologist. Right. And you could actually like buy his book, mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts, where to find them. Like yep. back in the day, it was actually like a real, a real a product. But we don't really know much about this, except that it's taking place in America. Mm-hmm. So it's not a Hogwarts. New York City. And much earlier. Yep. Harry Potter takes place in like the late 90s. This is taking place in the... 1920s. 1920s, right. And it looks like there's a whole wizarding world in America that has never been explored. And I think that's... Yeah. That was the most exciting part for me. You, you see, obviously, New York City, 1920s, is a very... We kind of looked back on it as a golden age, in a way. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you see, like, all these bricks moving in the wall. Right. Which kind of gives you the sense that there's, like, a Diagon Alley in New York City. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. You see a lot more Colin Farrell in this in this one, which is really cool. He's playing yeah. Percival Graves. And we're not sure if he's going to be an ally or a protagonist for... Newt Scamander, which is really interesting. Right. And also, you hear Dumbledore's name, which you. I yeah. think has to lead to speculation. Is there going to be a younger Dumb- Dumbledore in these movies? That's a good point. Yeah, because this was the time when Dumbledore was really just starting out. If you nerd out Harry Potter, there's a lot of other significant events that happened around this time. But the Wizarding World uh, that J.K. Rowling developed was a really well-realized thing that we only got like a taste of in the Harry Potter movies because those were so focused on Harry Potter's story, of course, and beating Voldemort. So I'm kind of happy that these movies are coming out just so we can see that world again, and especially America, which obviously we know nothing about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a totally different time, which I think yeah. adds another dimension to it. And I think another interesting thing about Dumbledore is that J.K. Rowling yesterday tweeted out that Dumbledore was her favorite character right. from the Harry Potter movies. So it would be, and she's working very closely with the right. people making this, so it would be really cool if you see a younger version of Dumbledore make an appearance in this movie, and I think that would be a huge draw for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could have Michael Gambon do it because he's he's not like a young man or anything, but he no. was made to look older when he played Dumbledore. Right. So I think you could make that work. Also, just in general, J.K. Rowling is a really good Twitter follow just mm-hmm. because she's very interactive and talks about like her mythos of Harry Potter and answers those kind of questions that normally come up. So she's a good follow for that. The next big trailer should reveal some cool things. So moving forward, another trailer that came out, Doctor Strange. It was a really interesting trailer. It is really interesting. And this movie, which they just finished filming, comes out this fall. So it's the second Marvel movie for the year, obviously after Civil War. And Doctor Strange is a character that I'm, the common person doesn't have any familiarity with. I really only became aware of him when he was in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which is a fighting game where you have to mm-hmm. fight as him. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's interesting uh, that you should take away from Doctor Strange is that it's bringing, like mysticism and basically magic to marvel the mcu right. and that could be really interesting because they're just expanding and broadening the the uh the mythos that marvel has been developing for so long and i mean it's got a great cast if you look into it cumberbatch obviously is yep. playing doctor strange so that's something that i think interested in but most people will have no idea what's going on when they see this trailer yeah it w- i mean i don't have much of a background on Doctor Strange. I've read some of the things about the movie coming up and just the fact that Cumberbatch is playing Doctor Strange. I thought the trailer was really interesting because it kind of gave you a little bit of background on how he becomes Doctor Strange and what Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange is, but 
it's still very confusing. There's a lot of moving parts to it, a lot of different eras, and at one point you even see Benedict Cumberbatch almost as if his soul comes out of his body and he's kind mm-hmm. of floating there. So it's a really intriguing trailer, and right. I think I think it. I don't know if this will be a movie that captures the mind of broad audiences right. of superhero movies, but it I agree. definitely looks like it's going to be very niche, but also really really interesting and kind of deepening that Marvel world. Right, of course, and then as he as he connects back uh, assumingly for Avengers it'll be interesting to see but mm-hmm. that was a trailer that it's cool to finally visualize that so Dave I know that you said in the beginning that you're a rebel and you rebel I do I rebel you want to talk about probably our favorite trailer oh yeah from the weekend Rogue One a Star Wars story it looks awesome Trailer is freaking lit all right <laughs> I, I, I want to I know I use that word very liberally but it was awesome. Fantastic trailer. And if you don't know, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story is the first anthology film that Star Wars is putting out. We talked about the Han Solo movie coming out. That's the second anthology mm-hmm. film. This movie comes out in December and it tells the story of how the Rebel Alliance stole the Death Star plans, mm-hmm. which is immediately where A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie, picks back up. Right. How did Princess Leia get these Death Star plans that she puts in R2-D2 before she gets captured? That is the question that this movie will answer. And if you watch this trailer, the movie is like a war movie space heist. Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it had a very, um, like a darker type, uh, a darker tone to Absolutely. it than most Star Wars yeah. movies, which I think is, is great because these anthology movies need to take on a different tone from right. the, you know, the original trilogy and now the new Star Wars. Right. I don't, I'm not even going to acknowledge the first or the first three one through three episodes one through three three. i'm not a big fan of them but i would say that there was a lot to unpack i mean you see at-80s which side note that is the the correct pronunciation yeah and the imperial walkers that you see in the battle of hoth and empire the the big walkers the four-legged things they're not called adats a lot of people have been calling them adats lately and i have no idea where they've come from it's insane. It, I've ne- I never heard anyone call them that until recently. And it just doesn't make any sense because the chicken walkers, the little walkers right. we see on Endor. The two, the two foot ones. Yeah. Two those are called ATSTs. We don't call them ATST. We call them ATSTs. So right. therefore we call the big ones ATATs. It's pretty cut and dry, people. Get your head in the game. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy But we're films. seeing these walkers in like a tropical setting. Yeah, which is not awesome. snow. That's a really cool like juxtaposition of what we're used to seeing, where we're used to seeing these walkers, which I thought was a really cool touch. Absolutely. And just seeing the rebels run out of wherever they are mm-hmm. into with like four walkers just getting wrecked. Like, right. Jeez. Which is, how, how, how do those sneak up on you? Which I'm, I'm guessing that they actually didn't, but the way that looks in the trailer is like, oh no, there's walkers outside. <laughs> Where'd these come from? Like you said, this movie's going to be dark. Mm-hmm. in tone you can just tell by the way the trailer is being portrayed but also think about this story all these characters being led by felicity jones all these new rebels mm-hmm. that we don't know a lot of them probably will die in this movie yeah. we know, we know the plans will get to princess leia mm-hmm. but that's all we know yeah absolutely. how they filled in this gap is really really intriguing and all we did was see him stand in a room and then walk through what walk up uh, his baller white cape through water but ben <laughs> Mendelssohn's playing some kind of admiral or grand moff Ben Mendelsohn the God. Yeah, really menacing. He's a great villain. I think the best thing I would recommend to check him out in is Bloodline on yep. Netflix. He's Season awesome 2 is coming out in May. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really happy about him. Forrest Whitaker you see in there. Yeah, we don't see Mads Mikkelsen. 
You don't. And, uh, I mean, he has to be a bad guy just because that's all he ever plays. Right. Hannibal Lecter, of course. Yeah. Right. I want to go back to Forrest Whitaker because I think Forrest Whitaker and Donnie Yen had the two characters that stood out the most to me yeah. in this trailer. Because they're so unique. Yeah. You see Donnie Yen with the, his staff just man. <laughs> lighting someone up. I think pretty sure it was a stormtrooper, too. Right. And then you see Forrest Whitaker in, I don't even know, some weird body so, armor. Yeah, exactly. And, he, he's fighting, but looking also very frightened. At one point, he says, you know, what will they do? What will you do if they take you over? Right. So there's a lot of really interesting and really new things to be excited for if you're a Star Wars fan. And even if you're not, I think the overall premise of, uh, you know, a heist. I think you mentioned earlier, and maybe you, maybe you just said this in a side conversation with me. You mentioned it to the, like, the, the Dirty Dozen. Like, yeah, compared exactly. To that. That's a great comparison. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun heist movie like that, but it's also going to have some of those darker beats where it's a little bit more serious. Right. I think this is also going to be much more accessible because Gareth Edwards is directing it. He last made Godzilla, the new Godzilla. There's no there's no Force users in this. There's no Jedi. We're probably going to see a, at least a glimpse of Darth Vader mm-hmm. just because he they, was chasing down Princess Leia's plans. Assumingly, he knew the plans got taken before they got to Leia. They actually confirmed today that a uh, it's not going to be Hayden Christensen playing the body of Darth Vader. It's going to be a... Uh, I don't have the name of the actor off the top of my head, but it's just like a bit actor. Who... Was the guy who always played him? No, it's not. Okay. It's a it's someone new, but it's a guy who's played a lot of um, like stunt double roles and things okay, like sure, that. Okay, sure, sure. I mean, just the fact that Vader's gonna be back is also really exciting. Kind yeah. of like that Dumbledore in a way from Fantastic Beasts. He's just a character that I think is is beloved, even right. though he's a villain. Right, exactly. And this is not this is not misusing Darth Vader because this is right before we first get introduced to him. Mm-hmm. So you assumingly he's just at his you know most menacing. Well, we didn't know anything about Darth Vader. Who Ben Mendelsohn's admiral is is an interesting thing to dig into. Also, we th- probably see him briefly, but Alan Tudyk, who you can know from mm-hmm. a, a myriad of roles, plays a motion capture character. We think it's that droid companion running, of Felicity Jones, right? Who's running? Which is interesting. Like he's a great voice actor too, so I think that that could go over really well. Really excited. Also, almost forgot Mon Mothma's back. <laughs> Shout out, shout out. Genevieve O'Reilly. Yes, and she played Mon Mothma in episode three, mm-hmm. but all of her speaking parts were actually cut and were in deleted scenes. Right. It's the same actress, and obviously she looks just like Mon Mothma, which is cool. And David Bowie. She looks just like David Bowie as, as Ziggy Stardust. Well, Dave, you and I had a little movie date this weekend. We did. We ended up going to see Midnight Special. Yeah. So directed by Jeff Nichols, directed and written by Jeff Nichols. Right. It's a it was a cheap movie to make. It only cost twenty million. Believe it. Yeah. It only has grossed one point eight million at the box office it's as of been, today. It's barely been in any theaters though. Right. So talk about that a little bit. I mentioned seeing Midnight Special a few weeks ago at the end of one of the episodes. Midnight Special initially was only in I think three theaters in L.A., New York City, I think two in L.A. And then I looked and. I, it's in wider release. We were able to see it, but it's not right. in super wide release yet. And who knows mm-hmm. if it ever will be. But that's why it hasn't made a lot of money. But the way to evaluate that kind of release, you look at the per theater average. Right. And it's doing really well still. Yeah, and it's doing really well on the Metacritic web- websites, which, which we trashed last week. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go check out last week's episode, yep. Nostalgia Pod on SoundCloud.com. It has a uh, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 74 on Metacritic. It's gotten some great reviews. I know the AV Club had a really, really positive review. The on Guardian it. had a good one too. Yeah, compare. I think uh, AV Club compared it to ET. Yeah, uh, very, and it said it was very Spielberg esque. It's 100% true. So where do we even begin breaking down a movie like yeah, this? Yeah, well, let's start with the cast. Uh, I always talk about 
actors in general, but Joel Edgerton, who's been a favorite of mm-hmm. mine for a while, him and Michael Shannon mm-hmm. start off with this young boy mm-hmm. named Alton Meyer, played by Jordan Lieberhaber. Right. Um, okay, he's an eight, right? Uh, uh, Lieber her. I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, he was at, he was in St. Vincent. He played opposite of uh, oh, okay. Bill Murray, and uh, he, apparently oh. he had a lot. Oh, of he was that kid. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that. But we know Shannon, you know Egerton. Those guys can bring it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, this is actually Shannon's fourth movie with Jeff Nichols. Right. So they they're kind of they have a nice little duo going there. Alton Meyer, the kid, has these special powers. Right. And he's been abducted from this cult in Texas by Michael Shannon, and who's his dad. And Joel Edgerton, who's Michael Shannon's childhood friend. Childhood friend. And they're trying to get him somewhere, and we don't know where he's going. The thing about Midnight Specials, when I was pitching, well, I think I was pitching it to your girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, the kid has powers, but it's not like a superhero movie. It's like E.T. And, yeah. you, and you're like, yeah. And like, E.T. had the powers, so it's okay. Like, you, <laughs> you, you make, make sense. Yeah, and <laughs> it also has Adam Driver, which I really... Of course. I was like waiting to, to say because, I mean, Adam Driver really is the god. I mean, right. I, I guess I think I throw that around as much as you throw around lit, but Adam Driver was awesome in this movie. He was. He was, the, he was funny. His name was Charm. Paul Sevier. Yep. FBI or NSA. That's what He's NSA, was. yeah. He was awesome. And also, you pointed him out as soon as he showed up on screen, the journalist, author fellow from last season of House of Cards. Right. That, I forget his, his name, but he was in it as well. Yeah, he played an FBI agent. And then uh, later you see uh, Kirsten Dunst. As Alton Meyer's mom. Correct. And she's been doing very well mm-hmm. lately with Fargo and whatnot. Yeah, she has a little bit of a career resurgence going on. It, it's a really interesting uh, film. I think one of the things that stood out to both of us was it was told in a really unique way. Exactly. Yeah, the reason it's getting the E.T. comparisons is it's based around a supernatural presence. Mm-hmm. This, this kid who has these unexplainable gifts, these powers, hence why a cult thinks they're his savior and why the government mm-hmm. thinks he's a weapon. Right. Uh, both very you know easy to wrap your head around why they would think that way. But the way that this movie isn't extreme, it's not overblown it's really charming and the way they tell this story the way they piece together information and context there's no info dumps there's no right exposition heavy conversations yeah and a lot of this movie is super mundane like mm-hmm. when they're going from hotel room to hotel room right, right. There, there we think we're about to have a car chase at the end and they get stuck in traffic yeah. <laughs> a roadblock mm-hmm. it's done really well and it avoids the predictable trope of right. a movie like this because at the end of the day the movie is kind of small in scale mm-hmm. but it works really well the portray- the acting is all really good obviously you can spend from that kind of cast but it's, just, it's a really uh, really charming unique movie that I would definitely recommend yeah I think building off your point uh, with the storytelling the way I guess I would describe it is they give you this very basic broad premise yeah it's it's almost like like you're you're building a puzzle they give you like the very outside edges and mm-hmm. slowly they're piecing together small parts for you so they're not just dumping all the pieces exactly and they're doing it in a way where it seems organic i think like oh, you said, it's not just like you know some old scientist comes in and explains everything no you you kind of find out little by little okay this is why he was part of this cult this is why they're taking him here and it you see not only Alton at times uh, will give you information about you know who he is or who he thinks he is or right. where why they have to do this but you also see Paul Sevier played by Adam Driver piece together oh this is where they're going yeah. this is why they're going there this is how he's figuring this out right which is really interesting i think i think the overarching theme of 
believing in something. So that that's really what the the major focus of this movie is: is beliefs, yeah, and, the and motivations, how, and how people are striving for anything to believe in. It's very different than Nichols' other movie, Mud, which got a lot of uh, critical acclaim. With Matthew McConaughey. Where Matthew McConaughey has some kind of forward, this ability to see forward into the future or Mm -hmm. see things, but no one believes him. Right. Whereas this time, this little boy has these powers and everybody like rallies around right. him or at I least would, all people, people see it yeah yeah it's just it's just really unique and it's such a intriguing premise and i think it's it's a better spielberg homage film than a movie like super 8 yeah which i still like super 8 which was done by jj abrams mm-hmm. but super 8 towards the end got a little got a little tropey mm-hmm. i still like i think that's that movie's still really charming too but this minute special i think is really really unique uh, i don't want to say it's really special but I, it is a unique film that i think is worth your time. I was initially intrigued by this when I heard about the cast. Right. I was like, oh, Adam Driver has a movie coming out so soon? Let me mm-hmm. look into this. And then the advanced reviews came out actually quite a while ago because it was in wide release, like I said. This is this is something else. It might not be in your theater yet, but definitely look. Yeah, definitely go see it. I, one of the other things I like before we, we move on is it gives the viewers a lot of credit because yeah. it, it really gives you these little bits and lets you fill in a lot of the rest right you don't really you don't get answers for every question that you have doesn't hold your hand yeah which i love yeah absolutely and it's okay that you don't get answers for everything because it really says this is what we're going to show you and you can make up the rest of your mind which is i love when when movies do that because it really makes you feel as if okay this this director knows that this is our individual experience seeing this movie as individuals it's not always a collective experience where we need to be told right exactly so we're going to wrap up this week talking about a little festival in Indio, California named Coachella. Coachella runs two weekends, so it's this Friday through Sunday, the 15th to the 17th of April, and then the following one, 22nd to the 24th. Is it the same lineup? Yeah, uh, same. Uh, I, usually, I think the set times are also usually the same, too. Oh. Headlined this year by LCD Sound System on Friday night, Guns N' Roses on <laughs> Saturday night, and Calvin Harris on Sunday night. And why is Calvin Harris uh, significant? Well, Calvin Harris, this is the first EDM headliner that Coachella has ever had. And Coachella usually sets it up where they have two really uh, set-in-stone headliners, people that are no doubt headliners. So LCD Sound System, Guns N' Roses, could headline any festival anywhere. I mean, they they could go white, anything like that. And then they usually have one one person that they kind of elevate a little bit and they give a shot to as a headliner. So Calvin Harris, I think, uh, I think if anything, you go check out his his set at Coachella because he's gonna have a lot to prove mm. being the first EDM headliner. And he also had an awesome set in 2012 where he came out with Rihanna and Katy Perry and, and played a bunch of songs. Interesting. And it really was. He is a really good DJ. I mean, he's the, the wealthiest, the highest earning DJ in the past few years. Dating um, Taylor Swift. Well, that's true. I guess that that's a good draw. But no, he's good at shop. He, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a good DJ. I don't think there's anything that stands out to me more than any of the other DJs who are in this lineup from Calvin Harris. I feel like if you're going to... He's just really as a bigger star, I think. Right. First glance at this lineup, what really stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned all these other DJs. Hudson Mohawk, Major Lazer, Flume, Chainsmokers, mm-hmm. Arnold Grime. It's very DJ heavy. Jack U. It's a lot of DJs. A lot of, a lot of top, DJs. Top DJs. Usually these are... You see these guys at a festival or even, you know, just a multi-set show they're towards the top for any EDM 
Mm-hmm. And like th- th- these guys would headline uh, EDC or Izu. Yep. The fact that they're all there is really interesting. Now you said is this, is this more EDM heavy than Coachella usually is? Coachella's been moving in this direction over the last couple of years. It's not that it's heavy. It's just it's a lot of high profile. Uh, the thing that you see with a lot of the major festivals now is that they always have an EDM tent that is almost exclusively dedicated to EDM. So if you go through even the lesser names on the list, you're going to find smaller DJs who will be playing those 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock afternoon sets. These guys are all going to get times from probably starting at 5, 6, 7 o'clock on where they're going to get major time. But I I do see it as very DJ heavy in terms of the big names you would know. There's not a lot of rock on there in terms of straight rock. I mean, the last shadow puppets are on there. Churches, obviously Guns N' Roses, LCD Sound System. Those are the two unique ones, I would say. Absolutely. But in terms of other rock that really stands out, I guess Sufjan Stevens is a really interesting act. The, your your boys in 1975. Not my boys. I just like that one song. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to be playing on Sunday. But the fact that they're one of the top billed rock bands is really sad. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, they only have two albums to their credit. And they're... The two albums that are exactly the same. Looking here, I mean, after LC Sound System, Guns N' Roses, Churches, they're probably the next highest build rock band so that, i don't know if that's a wasn't churches are they're already also at governor's ball too yep churches is playing almost every festival right. this year you're gonna see them everywhere they uh released a new album last year which was pretty good they have a really uh good song called uh, leave a trace off that album it, that, that's also the the name of the album so uh-huh. i would definitely check that out that actually is another thing is that coachella has gotten a a lot of flack in the last couple of years with the hashtag brochella because they've had mostly male artists playing this year they uh, increased the number of female-led artists by 11 percent so they're up to 27 percent which is pretty good there's obviously a uh, disproportionate amount of bands and acts that are male-led so it's it's hard to draw people when if you're going totally female heavy but the ones that they did get are pretty interesting yeah i was gonna say who are they because when you think of really popular solid female artists you're seeing the big people like taylor swift katie perry right ellie goulding yeah um, and people like that but they're all you can't have a lot of those beyonce obviously right yeah so they have ellie goulding who is probably their highest build female artist and then they also have sia churches courtney barnett oh the the kills who have a female singer sure uh, Matt and Kim. Yeah, you know, Matt and Kim. Yeah, I guess I would probably. I feel like they don't even count. Yeah, they they're they're every fest. I feel like Matt and Kim just is at every single festival that has ever been played. They do a hundred shows a year. You can see them eight times. Yeah, the, them. So the oh Alicia Cara. Right, there. right. But, yeah, she, but yeah. she's uh, up and coming, so she's probably not getting paid that much. No, probably not. But the fact that there's even this many is really really good. And I think that Aluna they... George. I like that. Speaking of DJs, yeah. Luna George is a really good up and coming DJ too. So definitely check her out. Um, oh, Sizz is there from TDE. I think one of the things that stands out to me with this lineup is they they always try to blend different eras together, which mm-hmm. is great. And I think they did that really well. So you have Guns N' Roses from the 1980s, obviously. And, I mean, who isn't excited to hear those first chords from 
uh, Sweet Child of Mine or Welcome to the Jungle. Exactly. You know? I wasn't aware they were like super active. They, this is actually a reunion tour. Right. Because certain bands of that time frame are still quite active. They tour a lot. Yeah. But. I think the only downside to, to their uh, performance is going to be that Guns N' Roses' Axl Rose actually hurt his foot or ankle the other day. So he's kind of in a Dave Grohl type throne for this <laughs> reunion tour where he'll be sitting down the whole time. Which definitely detracts from it because sure. when you think of Guns N' Roses, think about his like lanky frame kind of like slithering, slithering around the Is he stage. still going to hold it down for ACDC? Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think so, but I don't know. I don't think ACDC has a lot of shows lined up at the moment, so I, I'm not, I haven't really read much into them. But oh, Guns we didn't even talk about Zed. There's a lot of DJs. <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, Major Lazer, Zed, Disclosure, Jack U, like you said earlier, all of them could be uh, yeah. in that Calvin Harris slot, I think. So, t- so going back to the era talk, then you look at Lush, a band like Lush from the '90s, like that '90s Brit pop. You have Ice Cube, and who has who didn't rule out having Dr. Dre and other members mm. of NWA come out with him, which would oh, be another, a really another, awesome another DJ set. I like, Bauer. Jeez, we're not kidding. And, and then they also have really, uh, obviously, really recent acts that are really popular. So they they really did blend in together different eras and getting big bands from different eras. Um, LCD Sound System is prime electro punk dance music from the early early to mid 2000s so right. there's a lot to like here but I, I if think you're in california you can go yeah exactly obviously no one that we know is going actually i think i do have one friend that's what, going. what do you think of the hip-hop on the lineup hip-hop's pretty good g easy who's a west coast guy that's why he's towards the top of friday that's good he's um he's really big Ray Schremert is there, who I'm really excited about because he's they're not really anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on a really good show, if you like their kind of music. Joy Badass is there. Uh, DJ Mustard doing the DJ set, but I wouldn't be surprised if YG's there with him or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASAP Rocky, can't go wrong, of course. Vince Staples, guy I'm a huge fan of. So, And I, you mentioned Ice Cube, of course, and Run the Jewels. Right. So there's a good mix of hip-hop. It's really just new people. Um no one like super big like there's no j cole or like drake or anything no and i but i think asap rocky is going to probably be um especially looking at his time slot he's up against a couple of other big names on that second line on that day i think he's up against um churches as well as Mm -hmm. maybe it was halsey i I know he was up against one other second so he I think he's going to make their crowds very small because I think ASAP's going to put on a hell of a show. And if if you are going to the festival and you're listening to me, go check out ASAP because he really, I think, is going to burn it down. I actually caught ASAP rocking on a stage dive once. Really? Yeah. I uh, touched the braids. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> also, um, one time someone stole ASAP Rocky's Rolex on a stage dive and he like, turned the lights on and locked the doors until he got it back. Wow. Yeah. Play for keeps. <laughs> but yeah, ASAP Rocky does a uh, does a good show. It'd be interesting to see if Ferg's there with him because ASAP Ferg's mm-hmm. uh, second album's coming out soon, and Ferg started off as just ASAP's, uh, you know, ASAP's boy right. in, in ASAP Mob, but he's his own rapper now, mm-hmm. and he's got his own growing star. So it'll be really interesting to see for that. But yeah, the hip hip hop's pretty solid. Uh, it's definitely the best on Friday. Yeah, and I, I was remiss in uh, overlooking M83. They're going to be everywhere this summer. They just released a new album called Junk. But they they always are awesome live, especially you can't really beat hearing Midnight City, um, which is probably their most famous song. There's a lot of people there. 
they, I mean, they usually uh, they usually pack it in. There's a ton of artists, and there's I think four or five stages, and sometimes four going at once. So they have a lot. There's a lot to check out there. It's also an arts festival, and and I I think Coachella more than anything now has become who do you see there? You know the uh, Kendall and Khloe Kardashian go every year. Oh now right, now right, and, of course. Uh, it's usually just about what what celebrities are are there and what are they wearing. See and, them in the in the crowd, just walk up to them. Exactly, but but there are some great moments, and if you want to check it out, they stream it live on YouTube. Um, so just go on YouTube.com. You know, type in. Coachella live It'll be on the front page. Yeah, you can definitely watch it. I know I watched uh, Drake when Madonna made out with him <laughs> live, which was a really, really funny moment. And there's also some other great performances, and it's a lot easier than actually being in California and having to pay for yeah, it. That's for that. sure. Where can we find you, Dave? Yeah, well, make sure you're following Nostalgia on Twitter at NostalgiaPod. And like we said before, if you leave us a funny iTunes review, that'd we be will o- read it. We will read it on the air. That'd be great. You can... F- there's a direct link to our iTunes on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash NostalgiaPod, or you can just search Nostalgia in iTunes. That'd be awesome. So definitely leave us a funny review. But from my personal muses, you can find me on Twitter at Martin Swagger, M-A-R-T-A-N-S-W-A-G-R. And find me at Sheeny World Peace, S-H-E-E-N-Y-W-R-L-D-P-E-A-C-E, shout out Metal World Peace. Anything else? I rebel. See you later. And this here's been a long round, so I gotta go. It's logic. The one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro?